everybody, and welcome to the fourth episode of Super Friends. Uh, this week, I have Inkwell Luter on the show. Um, Inkwell Luter is his Christian name, uh, but you also go by Josh, correct? Sometimes, yes. That's like a that is my that's my slave name. <laughs> All right, Josh. Well, I'm glad to have you on the show. I'm really excited to talk about art and yeah. uh, all of that stuff. But uh, to start with, I have a few basic questions that I've kind of been asking everybody because I find it pretty interesting to know this stuff. Um, how did you get involved with magic? How did you start playing? Um, I started way back, pretty much at the beginning. Like I actually, uh, the first cards I bought were beta. Uh, packs. And so I was in college then, and I just had heard about this cool game that everybody was talking about uh, in nerd circles. And <laughs> and uh, so I, I got those. I was in college, and I got those cards, and me and a few friends played with my three starter decks, just splitting them up amongst us. Um, and we played like that for a while, and until... Like, cards were really scarce then. Like, it was actually really hard to get, uh, to buy packs of cards because everything was sold out constantly. So little by little, other people I knew got, uh, cards. And then also, eventually, like, uh, the college where I went ended up having a lot of, like, magic tournaments and stuff. There was, like, a little scene. Did you play in any of the tournaments or were you, were you a yeah. casual player? No, I played in the, I played in the tournaments. I, I'm, I like being competitive. Do you remember what your first competitive deck was? Um, the one that I remember, like, well, I had a couple, but the one that I liked the most was, like, a mono-white Armageddon, uh, deck that had lots of two-drop creatures, so, like, I would get some beats in early, and then Armageddon, and then, and I also had Wraths and Nevenral's Disc, so I basically would just kept erasing stuff and dropping those, uh, Pump Knights and stuff. That's uh that's one of those cards that always cracks me up when people talk about you know wizards needing to reprint it, Armageddon. Yeah. yeah, it's like were you around then? That is. The last <laughs> yeah, thing. I, I I uh I definitely gravitated towards grievous cards like that at the time. So. So when you first started, did you have someone explain it to you, or were you using the rule books that came in the uh, tournament packs? No, I. Yeah, we didn't. There was no. I mean, it's hard to even picture. I think nowadays, but. Not only were we using the the rule book, but I mean there was barely any internet at the time. Um, I mean, like this was so I started playing in late '93, and really like browsers and the World Wide Web didn't catch on until maybe a couple years later. So uh, you really had to <laughs> go by the rule book, and they they published these long lists of errata and explanations of, you know, weird interactions and how, how that worked. But, yeah, so I'm sure we were doing a lot of stuff wrong all the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember those days, too. That's how I learned, too. And in hindsight, like, just so many things that we interpreted were incorrect. And I yeah. remember I remember buying InQuest and stuff to find out about all the sweet combos. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and there was, it was like, I think it would have, it was pretty much impossible to play, right? I mean, some of the some of the how the rules were set up were very uh, confusing, and I mean, it's gotten so much better, I'm, I'm, as everybody knows. But like, I don't like I was looking at the rules insert that they now have with preconstructed decks, and I could I could kind of picture learning how to play from that. Yeah, yeah. There's I remember things like um, it was obviously a few years after Magic came out, but I remember seeing the first uh, World Gorger Dragon deck. And I remember looking at it over and over again and not understanding why or how this deck worked. Yeah. Um, so how did you get involved in art? Is that something that you've always done, or is that something that you've kind of come into? Well, it's definitely something, you know, that I've liked to, I've liked to draw and draw funny pictures and stuff since I was a kid. Um, I didn't go to art school or anything like that. I, You know, it's just kind of been a hobby over the years and um and then I got I got more serious about it at some point and had started getting really into the comics publishing scene and was making my own comics and putting comics online and you know making friends with lots of other cartoonists and um yeah so eventually I got to a point where I wasn't totally embarrassed about my drawings and uh 
got a little bit more confident in it. But yeah, I don't have any formal like art training exactly. You're not even legally allowed to draw then, are you? I know. Um, that's why I use that fake name. That's why you have the name, huh? <laughs> yeah. So were you publishing comics? Were you in the Bay Area at the time? Uh, at the time when I was playing Magic. Oh, sorry, uh, when you were up, uh, getting involved in the comic scene. Yeah, yeah. I, so that's where I live now in the Bay Area. And, uh, yeah, there was a really thriving um, small press scene here, and there's a small press convention called the Alternative Press Expo that's really awesome. And, uh, yeah, I kind of, you know, I, I had been really just interested in comics um, from seeing the kind of fringy stuff they would get at the comic shop. Um, and started doing some of my own, but it really, it really helps when there's a scene there and you can see other people doing it. And then, you know, if you can actually meet them and interact with them, it's even better, you know? So there, yeah, there's a really, there was a really great social scene, um, of cartoonists here and lots of really great artists lived here and, and still do, but, um, I guess I'm a little bit older and not as in touch with everybody. And a lot of the people that I knew back then uh, have moved to other cities now. Do you still uh, do you still follow that stuff? Yeah, I still and I still do other art and comics outside of Inkwell Looter, actually. Um, so yeah, I uh, I try to produce as much as I can. I am going to be exhibiting at the San Diego Comic Con again this coming summer. Uh, hopefully I'll have a new comic out. So what do you typically do when you go to the convention? Are you doing, uh, are you just uh, promoting your uh, comics or are you drawing? Like um, Artist Alley? Well, so uh, I usually get a table or split a table with a friend and have my comic books, my physical comic books that I've published on the table in front of me. And uh, sometimes I have other stuff like paintings or t-shirts or you know, junk, but, uh, yeah, that's what I do. I, so that, so my, I'm usually more in the like exhibitor tables than the artist alley area where most of the people in artist alley are, uh, doing kind of commissioned drawings and that kind of thing. But yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, well how, I mean, I guess this is, it, it seems kind of obvious, but you know, since I am kind of in the same boat as you, it was sort of a long walk for me, but how did you get involved in magic art, like doing magic related art? Um, yeah, so I've loved this game for a long time and was playing it a, long, a lot back in the day. And I, I, you know, had some breaks where I didn't play very much or I played like very small amounts of sealed with friends or whatever. But around Time Spiral, I got really into it again. Like, and I, and part of that was seeing all of the great blogs and, um, you know, websites that people and things like that that people were making to create this kind of interesting community around around um, magic and you know also podcasts and so it was kind of just natural for me to think of like okay well what could my contribution to this community be <clears throat> and I make you know comics and drawings and also I had um I had sort of somewhat recently glommed into another subculture. I actually did did for a few years um, NBA basketball comics and art somewhat similar to Inkwell Looter, and that was actually a really successful thing that I still I still sort of do. Um, and so and that was it was a really it, it was a really similar scene. Like when I started that there weren't that many sports blogs, but the ones that were out there were really passionate and inspiring. And that's kind of how I felt when I started getting more uh, active in reading, you know, magic stuff that was produced. And so I, I was excited about it, and I wanted to participate. Yeah, the, uh, the basketball stuff is funny because, um, you know, when I first started getting to know you, I found out about that. And I, went, <laughs> yeah. I went, looked at it, and I don't – I am not really a sports guy, let alone basketball. And I remember reading those, and I was just thinking, man, this is what people think when they uh, see my stuff. Yeah. Like, my non-magic player <laughs> friends, it's like – I have yeah. no idea what's happening here. Yeah, for yeah, we're, I haven't done that lately because I don't have time. But where you make a, you know, a roster of real players and you keep track of all these stats, and so it becomes a game that you play too. And to do that, you have to know every single. I mean, to do it well, you have to know every single random piece of minutia about basketball. And uh, so that making art of it was like a way to try to channel that into a productive way instead of just a 
vacuum of time that I would never get back. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, like, I, you know, e- even though it's not some, something that I follow, I think, I think it's cool that a lot of people who have, you know, niches within the magic community also have surprise other interests. And, yeah. You know, yeah. it's kind of it's kind of cool to see how uh, all that stuff plays out. Yeah, I love it. I love seeing, and I mean, I, I'm <clears throat> I'm always impressed by like the stuff that people are putting out there and seeing like how they, you know, bring whatever they whatever it is that they do well to the table. Yeah, so um, this might be a little bit harder for you, but is there an artist who inspired you or, like, a favorite artist you had growing up? Um, not magic. It, it can be magic, but I assume it's probably not <laughs> probably not a magic artist that inspired you. Um, I think probably the uh, the artists that I ended up – that I, I got the most influence from. Maybe I, maybe I wasn't consciously, like, aware of, of it, but – like the would be the the kind of wackier Mad Magazine artists, the ones who did the more um, loose figures and exaggerated expressions and stuff. So people like Don Martin and Sergio Aragonés and um, Jack Davis, people like that. I think I probably because that was you know I I'm going to uh, come out and say I don't actually I didn't read a lot of comic books when I was a kid like I, we just didn't have them around and um, so I don't have any real knowledge of like a lot of the comics that people know about like the Marvel comics but I did have Mad Magazine and I did have the newspaper comics and I think that the biggest influence were definitely like the the artists that drew like really um, kind of active wacky looking people. Yeah, do you have any artists that you follow these days that are in, in a similar vein? Yeah, um, I think that probably, like, the things that have been impressing me the most lately and have just been knocking me out are these uh, French cartoonists. Um, like, I can name a few, like, Louis Trondheim and Christophe Blaine and Joanne Sfar. And they, um, you know, the, the French and Belgian comic scene is really interesting, and there's, like, I don't you know, there's a ton of stuff published over there, and they publish it in this really um, kind of luxurious format. Like all the com- all the comic books there are these hardback, large, full color books. Um, not all of them, but for the most part, like that's the, that's their standard format. And some of these guys, those guys I mentioned, they just they just do really amazing characters, um, and they have really. I love it when an artist has a really loose, natural looking drawing like it looks like they could have just dashed that off like while they were um you know waiting for food and you know i really like i I just really love that like motion and um that kind of natural loose wild line and i'm seeing that a lot with some of these french artists yeah it's pretty impressive the uh, european comic scene it's it's just it's just interesting because i I think a large part is that those guys are treated as artists yeah like yeah, artists, period, not comic book artists. Yeah, it's really, it's like mainstream culture over there. Like, I mean, and in some ways comics are here, but it's usually mainstream culture here in terms of whether they make a movie out of it or something. But, yeah, I feel like I was lucky to visit uh, Paris a while ago. And, I mean, there are these great comic stores all over the place. I mean, and they're not a... Uh, you know, they they proudly announce what they have, and there's you know there's a big comic store in, under the Louvre, and yeah, it's it's great. So uh, switching gears a little bit to uh, to magic, yeah. uh, Do you have a favorite card? Ooh, a favorite card. Yeah, not, I, not even art wise, just yeah. a favorite card. Um, I think I always say Winter Orb when people ask me this. Um. But that's kind of a dishonest answer. It's not like I play with that a lot. Um, it's just that's that's a good example of the kind of card that I really like. I really like um, I like the enchantments and artifacts that are not creatures, the non-creature artifacts um, that do something really strange to the rules of the game that you have to you have to make your deck. You have to bend your deck around them. Grave Pact, I love. Um, 
stuff like that. I, it's I knew you were going to ask this, and I still don't have a good answer. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be it's going to be kind of a hack by the uh, the tenth or so episode when everyone knows I'm going to ask it. People are going to have these like really thoughtful. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a great question. It's a good question, but I, you know, I I just really like it's, and I feel the same way about when you when you're going to ask me what my favorite art is. Like I'm a I have similar answer, you know, like I just really, there's so many things that I like and I have, but I don't have any really strong connection to any one card. I say Winter Orb though, because it was one of the rares in my original um, beta starter decks that I had. So it was, you know, kind of has some sentimental value too. Sure. Well, speaking of uh, art and Winter Orb, what do you think about the art of Winter Orb? I like it. The uh, bear, is is he punching? Is he taking a... (laughs) I, I, think, t- oh, sorry. I think that what's happening is he's, uh, he's, it's like a defensive posture. Like he's trying, he's, uh, kind of like when a cat is cornered, you know, but. Sure. Yeah, because this orb is destroying all the, the bears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's hard to tell because Mark Teton always has that kind of like, um, everything he draws kind of looks like the surface of a brain. Yeah, you know? it's got this, like, kind of, it looks like intestines. Yeah, so I, I could never tell if uh, that's supposed to be, like, a claw mark on the orb, like the bear just smacked it. Oh, I never thought. I, I don't I don't think that, that's not how I interpreted it, but that's an interesting, yeah, it kind of has a claw mark quality on it. I love it, though. That I, I, Mark Teton is one of my favorites, so. Yeah, and he's uh, he's aged pretty well uh, yeah. as, as an artist. You know, not, not everybody who was drawing back then holds up at all. <laughs> well, I think that, I don't know. I have this impression that at the time they kind of, you know, they obviously didn't know how big the game was going to be and they didn't have uh, the budget they have now and they kind of just hired a bunch of locals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, but I have, like, even though you're, you're right, like some of that art doesn't hold up, especially when you look at, you know, the amazing art they, they commission nowadays. Like I have just so much affection for some of those bad old pieces of art just because, um, you know, they really defined the game early. Yeah. Well, actually, let's let's skip ahead a few because I actually wanted to talk to you about that. Um, how do you feel about the art transition from that style to the modern style of art? Um, I think it's probably for the best, but I I was when I when they initially um, I have this I don't actually know that like the true story of the history, you know, behind the scenes of the art direction of magic. But my perception is they had that kind of motley crew at the beginning who had all these diverse styles and there was no real, uh, there was not really a style guide. It seemed like, you know, it was just kind of a free for all. And then I feel like they decided that they had to standardize it and make it all into very more standard, um, kind of photo, not photo, but like realistic looking, uh, fantasy painting. And, um, and at that time, when that transition happened, I remember I wasn't that happy because I really liked the uh, the crazy nature of it early on, like how there were all these different styles and then, you know Quinton Hoover's stuff you could always immediately tell. And um, I just I liked the diversity a lot, and I didn't think that I didn't like that period of time right after they started standardizing it down. And you can interrupt me if I have this totally wrong. But oh no no no! It's, it, it's, it's I mean that's exactly what I wanted to know. I mean. I kind of feel the same way, like, it, it had to change, but it does make me kind of sad that there's never going to be another Amy Weber, you Yeah, know? yeah, no, like, no weird uh, stasis art. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Vidalian War Machine is the sweetest-looking quilt I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and I, like, at the time, I was kind of, I was bummed that, that you know, that they were, um, you know, watering it, it felt like they were watering it down, and especially, like, I think that there was this period of time where they, they, they went, um, you know, for this more kind of standard fantasy painting looking art. And a lot of it was just kind of boring, like, you know, a bunch of dudes standing around with swords. But, um, but then I don't know what happened, but like they got, uh, you know, I guess it's just as they knew more what they were doing or more, more talented people were brought on board or whatever. But I mean, now I love the art, you know, like I think that even though it's all, you know, it's definitely organized like they are, telling people, you know, this is what this should look like and, uh, you know, this is the sort of style we want. There's, you know, the artists are all really good and um, they t- they're, st- they're still really creative, like rather than rather than it feeling watered down and, you know, made a little bit more bland, they, they take the, uh, 
you know, the style that they've been given, but they, they do really creative stuff with how, with, um, how they paint it, I guess. Yeah. Well, you said that, um, you know, you, you felt a little bit sad when you first realized that they were kind of transitioning. Do you remember the first piece of art you saw that made you feel that way? Like, cause I, I was, I mean, I, when you said that, I was trying to think in my head, like, what was the first piece that I can think of as like a step towards the new style? Yeah, I can't think of any one because, you know, that was what was, that's what the new style meant to me is that it wasn't memorable, you know? Like, I had, I had all of these memories of all of these bad old pieces of art, you know, that, that were kind of seared into my brain. And then they started introducing, like, much more nondescript stuff that I just, it didn't stick with me. So, I, I don't know, though. I would say probably, when did that? When did that all happen? I feel like Ice Age kind of they stepped in that direction, but there were still some weird things in Ice Age. So I, I'm not sure exactly when the transition was. Do you know? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's interesting. I, I sometimes wonder if it's personal preference or if it's just when you started playing, because I run into this kind of stuff all the time. But Taya, you know, I've been playing since the beginning, and I have these kind of fond memories of this wacky art. And yeah. you know, sometimes when there's reprints of stuff, you know, like they just recently had a a new reprint of Mistress Factory. And it's yeah. totally sweet looking, but to me, it doesn't have even a fraction of the style of the different seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's it's funny. Yeah, I feel that same way when they whenever they reprint like an oldie. Like I feel like, uh, that's yeah, that's probably better. Okay, this is probably better, but like you know, secretly I'm thinking, no, it's not. <laughs> well, yeah. So that that brings me to kind of like the next part of this is. When they started switching to this kind of more realistic style, which, I mean, I, I fully agree that they should do it. It looks awesome. You know, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not some sort of, you know, alpha apologist. <laughs> right. But, you know, what do you think of what I call the badassification of magic art, where sometimes the art isn't better and it just ends up being more generic. Like, you look at, you know, the alpha Black Knight versus, uh -huh. like, the one in M10, which is just a pile of stuff. <laughs> you know, or, so, you don't, so you don't like that one? I mean, it's it's fine. It's just, it's pretty it's pretty generic. Um, yeah. But I think that, like one of the good examples is like from the Vault Exiled when they reprinted Serendip with new art. Like Serendip is one of the wackiest old school creatures. You know, he's uh -huh. like a magic genie in an ascot. <laughs> yeah. You know, and now he's just kind of like a generic badass cloud elemental. Yeah. How do you how do you feel about that kind of stuff? Well, yeah, there's going to be hits and misses. I, I think that, yeah, what I like is a piece of art that just stands out to me. Like, I'm going to remember, oh, yeah, that guy. And so when it when it is like this kind of generic badassification where it's, um, you know, it's like they, they decided to go with what the standard image of a knight looks like or what the standard image of a, uh, you know, an Efreet, I guess, looks like. Uh, yeah. The, then yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't like that. I think that I want it to be more memorable, but I think that's a little, that's kind of independent of the like quality, like the new quality versus the old kind of sketchy quality of, of the art. It's just a matter of like whether the, you know, whoever's, whoever's making that decision of how it should look is, uh, is pushing it or not, you know? Yeah. Like a, like a good example of a hit, I think, is the soul ring from that same set from, from the Vault Exile. Like, I love yeah. the old Soul Ring. It's so iconic, but the new one is cool in a unique way. Yeah, I think it helps when it's something like that. That's like, uh, what the hell is a Soul Ring, really? I mean, it's uh, it's it's not like some established fantasy. Unless I'm wrong, it's not some established fantasy thing. Like everybody knows what that looks like. Whereas if it's Black Knight, they kind of have to, you know, or a dragon. They, they I think that they feel. It seems like they feel like they can't really get too crazy. <laughs> yeah in that situation. But yeah, there's, there's definitely, um, some, you know, some good and some bad. All right. So backtracking a little bit, here's, here's the question for you. What's your favorite magic art? Uh, winter orb. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. What is my favorite magic art? That's I, I seriously, I don't have a good question. Like I, I, I always do say like some old card like that, like icy manipulator. I, I used to love and uh, the, the bone, the bone crank or the original like frosty hand. The the front them like mirror orb frosty hand one sure um, you know but I you know I, I think that I'm trying to think of some recent you know I love that terror of the the skeleton and the muscle guy and the uh, oh yeah guy chasing each other around um, 
you know, I think both the both of the recent death marks have been awesome. Um, the the like bloody snowflake one and the one where it was the uh, the close up on the eye. Yeah. Like I like stuff like that that really is like okay, they could have they could have done something really boring for this death mark art, but they chose to be they you know, they definitely sat down, had a drink, thought about it, and came up with something really cool. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that terror. I love that one. That's Adam Rex, right? Oh, it's uh, yeah, Adam Rex. You're right. Yeah, he's he's so good. Yeah. Better than that weirdo Puddinghead one from Mirrodin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so strange. Uh, so what's your? Uh, have you said that before? I can't remember. What's your favorite art? Oh, I don't even know. Turning the tape. Dang. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's one of those things where, like, whenever. I think having a favorite artist like having like four or five best friends. Yeah. You know, like there's no there's no one, but there's several that occupy. I don't know, it's it would probably be a mix of of old art and new stuff, you know, like I still like, you know, I just played with Library of Alexander last night and it's so simple. Yeah. But it's so cool looking. Mhm. You know, and then like the weird stuff like the original Monodrain. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty weird. Looking. You know, it's just like that that stuff and like you know, Dark Heart of the Wood, like, all those cards, I remember, mm-hmm. it just makes me feel like when I first started playing, where, like, I didn't really understand the game perfectly, or how it played, and the card arts kind of furthered that sense of mystery, and, like, I feel like that's, yeah. I don't know, I... I think, no, I, I agree with that, I mean, I, I was thinking about this recently, like, and... I think that that's I, I think that that motley like crew of all those weird artists. Some of them were not that good, but I think that 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 like total diversity and variety there. It really added to the appeal of the game for me at first because you know you open a pack and it's like look at all this cool, crazy, different stuff. Yeah. Like and and um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that you know the goal of magic art should be to confuse the, the viewer. Yeah. But, you know, there is something that's interesting about that sense of mystery. And I'm trying to think of a good card like that these days where, and I mean, even a lot of the new stuff from, um, like, Rise of the Eldrazi or Mirrodin yeah. has been pretty cool in, like, creating, like, a sense of mystery. Like, um, like Eldrazi Temple. Right, of course. That was cool. And that was, like, you know, a, a good sense of mystery and a, you know, a little peek at what was coming, like, What's in yeah. Eldrazi? Why do they have a yeah. temple? What are all these oh, weird floating... Oh, not temple. Uh, the Eye of Ugin. Uh, the monuments. Sorry, the monuments. Oh, the Eldrazi monument, yeah. Yeah, you know, and that was really cool, because it's this big, weird-looking thing with hovering cubes and... Yeah. But, I don't know, my, my the art that I would say, it's probably something like... It's probably something Jason Chan or Stephen Martinair, like... You yeah. know, it, Iona is awesome, and... Even, like, Steve Argyle is, like, one of those really hit-or-miss art artists. Like, I really either hate his work or think it's gorgeous, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, Admonition Angel is awesome, but then some stuff is just, like, an explosion of pink and purple, and it's really yeah. really hard to look at. I think I like, um, I think I'm naturally drawn to the cards that use, a, like, color palette that's totally different from the card color. Like, I love uh, blue cards that have red art, that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I, th- I mean, that sounds kind of ridiculous, but I think it really, um, it makes the card stand out in my mind, so it gives it, like, a little edge. <laughs> so, speaking of all this stuff, how important is flavor to you in the game? Um, yeah, I don't actually, I'm not, I, it's a complicated question, because I've come to really love the flavor of the game, but I think at my, you know, heart, I'm pretty spiky player who, you know, I'm, I'm pretty competitive and I really actually do like the game and making um, decks and designing decks. So, you know, I kind of ignored all of that stuff for, for a while and it was just this background stuff that I was absorbing. Um, and I've never read any of the novels and I, you know, I didn't pay that much attention to it, but I think that they've gotten really good at creating this level of flavor that you can absorb while playing the game that, um, I just wrote a post about this, <laughs> that you can, uh, you can absorb it while you're playing and it will just through osmosis give you a really good sense of, of what they're trying to accomplish with the storyline and the world they've built. 
And I kind of like that. Like I love, I love that level of absorption where I don't have to read the novel. I don't actually know what most of the, you know, the plot points are, but I have a pretty, you know, I've got this sense of it and I can fill in the gaps with my imagination or if I'm really interested, I can, you know, look it up. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, do you remember a few weeks ago when we were discussing um, corn? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, it's got weird flavor. Yeah, so tell tell me about Karn in prison, because that was a story aspect I didn't know, and yeah. it is the silliest thing I've ever heard. I, and I, I think I looked this up on Wikipedia, because I, I had some... I was talking to someone else about... Um, like what? So what's the deal with Mirrodin? <laughs> like where did the, where did this thing come from? Because I didn't I wasn't didn't totally know. And we were talking about Karn, and so I looked on Wikipedia, and apparently at some point Karn uh, was imprisoned, and Karn is a pacifist, I guess. Um, he was on uh, who was uh, s- sworn or has some vow to not harm other creatures. And so in this prison, they, they put him to torture him, I guess. They put him in a room full of, uh, goblins that had an unstable floor and he kept lurking around crushing them. <laughs> Which, I mean, it seems like there's gotta be an easier way to what they were after, but I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing that I probably would not, even if I had been playing heavily at that time, I probably would have not have gotten that from the cards. But but doesn't that seem like a missed opportunity? Like, what a sweet card that would have been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's... I, I, I want to go back and look and see if they referred to that at all in the cards or if that was just the uh, novelist or whoever, <laughs> you know, getting a little... taking some license. If I could be guaranteed that all the novels would have stuff like that in them, I would read them in a Yeah. I mean, they might be great. I'm not. I, I. I just don't know, and I haven't been. I, I. I don't read a lot of fantasy novels, honestly, and so I haven't taken it up. But um, and at this point, I just. I kind of like magic how I how I experience it now, and I feel like reading a novel might um, might ruin that. Yeah. Well, I actually have a little bit later. I have some questions about that kind of stuff for you that I'm interested to hear your thoughts on. But um. Do you have a favorite name of a magic card? Ooh, it might be Evil Eye of Orms by Gore. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> um, yeah, that's my answer. I, there are a lot of pretty awesome ones, though. What about you? Um, I don't know. I always I, I have a strange affinity for Armageddon Clock, but I uh-huh. also I also like some of the sillier stuff, like you know, Dream Chisel cracks me up, and that's like just one of those. Perfect storms where, like, I think Ixidor is the lamest looking character in the last few years. <laughs> Uh-huh. And, you know, he looks like a grungy, <laughs> grungy Seattle musician holding this stupid artifact like a guitar. Yeah. And, you know, and then the card is called Dream Chisel, which sounds like the sweetest prog rock band. He looks like time. Alice Cooper. <laughs> yeah, it just looks, <laughs> it just comes to, like, that's an example of, like, a card coming together. Probably yeah. not, not the way that they want, but, you yeah. know, I enjoy it just as much as a, uh, you know, a, quote, good card. Yeah, I definitely like the the cards that have it might be bad art, but it's just hilarious art, like um like Evan Prater, you know yeah. that guy. Where it's I mean, it's inexplicable art or maybe, <laughs> maybe if I read the novel I wouldn't uh if there's a novel of that, but it's like this, you know, Prater, I guess, stand and, and before him is some sort of um like little imp and next to him is a giant white bunny rabbit. Yeah, the Easter bunny. Yeah, and between them, they're holding some blue creature captive to be judged, I guess. Yeah, and it looks like they're in hell, right? Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't. I mean, there's there's some story. This artist, Randy Asplund Faith, has done a lot of pretty crazy look. If you do a search on him, you'll see a lot of um, cards like this. Well, maybe uh, maybe he'll come back in a new Frexia now that Praetor is a creature type. I mean, yeah. <laughs> if, if they can bring back Nicol Bolas, who's a dragon wearing glasses reading books. You know, yeah, yeah. Maybe this bunny will be back. Yeah, that's speaking of the badassification of art. Nicol Bolas, there you go. Yeah, right. He leveled up. <laughs> yeah. So um, I just mentioned a, a, a lame character design, but who do you think is the coolest looking character? Hmm... That's a good question. Like the main storyline character people. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. I mean, even it doesn't even have to be a legend. Like, what's like a character design that you just think looks sweet? Mm. You know, I think uh, 
Meloku is pretty cool looking. Uh, I, like, you, I think I think Karn is pretty cool looking actually. Did you know that Meloku was a guy until you read the flavor text, or did you think it was a woman? Yeah, I didn't know. I yeah, it does. He does look somewhat womanly. I was definitely <laughs> surprised after a few months of playing Kyle <laughs> Block when I glanced down at that flavor text. <laughs> yeah, when you were so bored in whatever game you were playing that you read the flavor text. Well, yeah, it was Kamigawa. Usually I didn't have time to read my cards. You yeah, know? yeah. It, was, it just went by too fast. I love reading the flavor text now, but I think that there were definitely long periods of time where I, I sort of ignored it. But now, now I love like when there's that, you know, you have a moment in game to kind of glance down and, like when you're playing limited and the cards are all kind of new to you and you can yeah. check it out. Yeah. Best, best flavor text? Root Grievel. <laughs> Which one? Root Grievel. What's that? What's the text? The root of all Grievels. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like those. I kind of like those dumb ones that are like, uh, you know, lines from a, a movie trailer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have a, a favorite Planeswalker so far? Hmm. Let's see. Nah, I, I'm not sure about the Planeswalkers. I'm not sure about my... I, maybe Garrick. I, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say Garrick. I like Garrick's spread of abilities. I don't yeah. play with them that much, though. Uh, I admit. <laughs> yeah, you just never hit it off? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, lately, I, I mainly play... Limited or like cheap decks lately. So, so here's a question for you. And this one, um, like as an artist, this one, um, I always find I always find interesting. So a lot of times they have you know the alternate art cards that are either you know F and M's or promos or from the premium sets. And in my mind, the special version of the cards should always look at least as good as the original art, if not preferably better. Yeah. How do you feel about the those the promo cards and like especially when they make cards that already have good art because a lot of a lot of the cards they put out recently the promos are just so bad looking. Yeah, I uh, yeah I agree. I mean I think and I think that's kind of a general feeling that a lot of the a lot of the uh, full art promos at least are pretty ugly. I, I don't know. I think that, but I think I also just have this built in this natural bias towards the real version of the card. It's like some little kid thing. Like, oh no, that's the real one. And so, for a promo or some special version to overcome the real one, it has to be really good. Um, and I, yeah, some of them have been pretty weak, I think, lately. Yeah, and you know, it's, some of them are cool. Like, uh, the Emiria Angel, the full art Emiria, is mm-hmm. totally sweet looking. And that's a, that's a Steve Argyle one that's just fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think... Yeah, and I, I'm not, and also I think that I don't really like the white text on a lot of these uh, full art ones, like that for some reason. And it's just, I think it's really just my my uh, stubborn uh, attachment to the real version. I'm like, oh, that white text. Uh. Yeah, the white text throws me off. The first time I think I ever saw it was, I think the first full art one I saw was uh, Niv Mazette. Uh-huh. That was like I think it was like a promo for like a JSS or something, and yeah, yeah, the text really threw me off on it. It just didn't agree with me visually. Yeah, I'm like the least pimp uh, deck card collector or whatever, because <laughs> I'm I'm like I'm into the the real one. I want sure. the real one in English that I can read. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I was ever that into it until you know, like I used to play a format called PSH, and now Tay and I pretty much just cube and. Once you have your set of, you know, 500 cards and you have, you know, 8,000 cards lying around your house, all you have to do is trade. Yeah. So. Gives you something to do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I can understand that. So speaking of full art, um, how do you feel about the full art lands, specifically that they brought them back and that they didn't keep them, specifically because... um, I believe it was Rosewater said that yep. they didn't want them to stick around because they wouldn't feel that special. Yeah. Well, I can kind of like I can squint and understand that argument a little bit, but I mean, don't they want the cards to be special? Don't they want you to buy the cards and uh, like them? I think that if they, as long as they kept printing them with new art, you know, new the, the image itself being new and cool. Mm-hmm. People would still 
people would still get a kick out of that. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I have no, uh, I haven't done the numbers, but <laughs> yes. I don't know. What do you think of that? Um, I mean, I think the best thing is, you know, not to keep bringing up my wife, but, you know, Taya said that, you know, it's not like they release a set with bad art to make you remember that you liked good art. Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, so, um, yes, they could be made even more special, but I don't know. I think probably it would still be uh, I mean, appreciated. I think the thing is that they look really cool, but as an artist, what's troubling to me about the lands is that you have 50% of a card that's not being used. Yeah. Which visually I find pretty annoying. Yeah. Well, maybe they could do, maybe they could just keep doing like new weird frame ideas or something with them rather than, you know, maybe they don't have, maybe they don't have to keep doing the same special thing, but they could try some different special things. I don't know. Yeah. Cause I mean, all three look, you know, Zendikar, Unhinged, and Unglued all have different borders, but they yeah. all look cool. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So speaking of alternate borders, what did you think of the future site borders? Um, I, I'm trying to remember how I felt at the time. Because right now, cause now they don't, you know, I guess I, I think, I thought that that was a pretty cool set. That was right when I started, like, playing a lot again. Like, that's when I got on Magic Online. That's when Future Sight came out. And so, like, a lot of, like, how I was playing was totally new <laughs> to me. And the borders were kind of just another thing. I, I think they look pretty cool, though. Um, I like the, the little uh, icon they have for the different card types. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm down with those. What do you think, um, is a card that needs new art? Like, if you could go back and, like, either modernize or give a card new art, what would it be? Hmm. Chaos Lace. Let's see. Um, <laughs> do you know that art? Yes. <laughs> because, uh, because I think the thing that's interesting is, and, you know, this comes from being, like, a a person who's pimping out their cube, you look at cards like Counterspell that are so iconic, mm-hmm. and the most iconic one you can think of is, you know, the, the Fizzle Fingers guy. But yeah. none of them, there's like 10 versions, and none of them are particularly good art. Yeah, I can get, I totally agree with that. Like, I mean, I like the original Counterspell just because it's kind of hilarious, but um, yeah, like, I think that they've taken, they've tried to do that same thing, not just on Counterspell, but on other Counter Magics, like, so many times, and, uh, some have come closer and some have been misses, but it's kind of, they need to try something different, I think, with that. So that's, that might be a good one. Like just, you know, a different, a different, uh, visualization for how, what that means when a spell is countered rather, you know, don't just have it be a surprise looking wizard who's, you know, got fire coming out of the wrong place. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like deprive guy. I kind of liked the deprive one actually. Yeah. But uh, I think that maybe there um, there must be some art of, like, a creature that is, like, the art either looks way more badass than the creature has any right to look, or the reverse. Well, how about how about this one, Termagoyf? Wouldn't it be nice to see that card without the, the Future Sight borders and with legible art? Like, that, yeah. that art is completely illegible. Yeah. And that's kind of, is that... Well, I'm trying to think of other Lurgoifs. Like Mordavor has kind of hard to discern art, but I really like that one. Yeah, I mean they're all kind of they're all kind of weird. Like Mordavor is cool looking. Um, Somnivore has that really sweet Adam Rex art, where it's just kind of like a bloated ghost. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Detritivore is pretty easy to make out. Yeah, yeah, I could get behind the the Tarmogoyf too. Like it's it's not terrible, but. I'm looking at it now, and you can't really tell what that guy is. Yeah. I, I guess that's the problem when your creature type is Lurgoyf. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, there's, like, no common thread to what a Lurgoyf looks like. <laughs> yeah, <you know>? yeah. <laughs> All right, so this this next part here... Okay. I want to know how you feel about uh, the way they've done the blocks. So... Mirrored in forward, you know, we left Dominaria behind and we started to go off plane to, like, a new unique location every set. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious what you think about, uh, like, the flavor and the visuals of the set. So it's kind of it's kind of a little bit of free association, but I want to ask you a block, and I just want you to tell me what, you know, the first thing that comes to your head about how you felt about it, the way it looked, the world. Okay, I might be bad at this because I have not, I did not play, like, some of these blocks very much, but... All right. <laughs> The uh, original Mirrodin. 
Um, I liked that one. I, I, I liked uh, how it looked. I mean, it, and the Scars of Mirrodin is, re- is really an extension of it. And I like, I like Scars okay. Um, you just want like a one word association? No, I can be, there's no, there's no rules. Okay. There's no rules. Oh. <laughs> there's no rules. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. You know, I like, uh, I do like just artifacts. Like, I've always been kind of drawn to the art on artifacts and that, like, little machine-y thing. So mm-hmm. I, I did like that aspect of it. I don't like um, Leonin. <laughs> I do not like cat people that much. Furries. Too close yeah. to furries for you. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. Something doesn't sit right. <laughs> so <laughs> so that's that's an aspect of Mirrodin that I wasn't that into. And they're into some other places, too, but they were noticeable there. Yeah. Uh, Kamigawa. So Kamigawa, I I think Kamigawa looks really cool. Um, I love all the like floating heads and weird, you know, Kami and um, you know my favorite. I, I guess I should probably like my, one of my favorite types of thing portrayed in Magic Art is just when it's a totally freaky, weird creature that um, doesn't correspond to any uh, common, you know. I concept of of these creatures like dragons and knights and stuff, but like just so a lot of the creatures and things depicted in Kamigawa were really um, were really good. I didn't play that much during Kamigawa block, so I have a hard time with the card names and the and the stuff. But I you know I just liked how there was all these you know disembodied floating mouths and heads and yeah. weird uh, you know flamey creatures. So yeah. Yeah, that was a Teller of Tales is one of my favorite arts. Oh, uh, I think that might be the one I was thinking of. Yeah. I'm a, is that, that's a blue card, right? Yeah, floating, yeah, floating, yeah floating, exactly. That floating one. fish heads with scrolls, and like all the shoals were cool, which is like. Oh, the, yeah, the, sickening shoal. Yeah, I love that there's a. It's just fish barfing. <laughs> yeah, I kind of wish I had been in that. Um, <laughs> I could see, I hope they do an arcana of that, <laughs> like what the art direction was for that, like just. Samurai getting thrown up on by School of Fish. Yeah. So, yeah. I like that. I like the art in that block a lot. Ravnica. Ravnica. Um, I really liked all the cityscapes, like the buildings and, mm-hmm. the, you know, like the, they were, there were a lot that had uh, these perspectives that were either really high up or really down low and you could have, they had this tweaked perspective where you could see that like the top or the, the bottom of wherever it was far away. I really like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Time spiral. Time spiral. I don't, I'm trying to think, like, I don't have a real strong association with, of what time spiral looked like. Um, I mean, and that's when I, that that's when I started playing Magic Online kind of heavily. So I saw those cards a lot more, although they were in the digital format. But, uh, I don't know. Is there a strong look to time spiral? Because it's, it seemed to me like it's just kind of a hodgepodge. Yeah, it's it's definitely like you know a hodgepodge of like classic callbacks, basically covered in dirt. You know, since the really world is, well, I mean, like every, everything is you know the plains are all salt. You know, they're not plains; they're like salt fields, and uh huh, right. You know, the islands are whatever those weird. You know, they were like being morphed into those weird, squiggly things that like that appear behind Teferi in his art. Uh huh. I don't know. Like it was just it was kind of dark. It was pretty dark. Yeah, I um, I really liked playing that block, but I don't have like that's one of the you know I consider that somewhat recent. One of the more recent blocks that I don't have like a real strong flavor idea about. Like yeah. it just seemed like there was so much going on that, it, and it wasn't all pulling uh you know, pulling the story in one direction necessarily. Yeah, I kind of feel like Time Spiral and Ravnica kind of fall together as too much stuff going <laughs> yeah. on. But uh, Lorwyn and Shadowmoor. Yeah, so I I really, I mean, I thought they did an amazing job with the contrast of those two, you know, halves of that one block. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they couldn't be more different. And I, I didn't I didn't enjoy playing a lot of the tribal stuff in Lorwyn, but I I mean I cannot argue with the great job they did on making it look like what they were trying to make it look like. You know, just all the super bright colors and everything. You know, all the meadows and um, you know I liked the sort of uh, 
mm, stretched looking faces that a lot of the characters have, like the giants have like all these tweaked out facial expressions yeah. and uh, like the Kithkin and then, and then Shadowmore. I, I definitely liked, I think Shadowmore more, even though when I think about it, it's just sort of this indiscernible murky darkness, but I, you know, I liked the Kithkin with the, the zombie eyes and, uh, you know, I, I, I think, I thought that that was a really cool set of cards, uh, Shadowmore and Eventide that we didn't really get to play with for that long. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, uh, it's funny you mentioned the Kithkin, that's actually probably one of my favorite arts, the Steel of the Godhead. Yeah. That enchantment with, like, the zombie Kithkin floating with, like, the giant energy sword and... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did, I mean, I think they, they totally nailed what they were trying to do with those. Yeah, well, that block is a good example of what I'm glad that they're willing to do. Like, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of not a badass block at all. You know, it's definitely, it's like the Zelda Wind Waker of magic, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's cool. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, I'm, not to kiss their ass too much, but, I mean, I've been really impressed with the, you know, the creative direction of, of magic since I got back into it. I mean, I, I'm, consistently impressed with how they how they do things and just it, they obviously care a lot about what the final product looks like and feels like so yeah it's well, and it's amazing too that like it just they just had to get off of dominaria yeah like it's, <laughs> yeah. you know it's just they have free reign to start from scratch every block and it's awesome yeah totally um shards of alara so i love shards block um i played a ton of that block and I thought that that block did one of the best of, um, you know, through the flavor, but also through the card mechanics of communicating what the what the whole block was about. About you know, because you were just forced to pay so much attention to the shards themselves, like what you know. So you would have you, you're making these decisions about which cards you can play in your deck. So you have to decide which colors you can play in your deck, and you end up noticing you end up noticing the art. You know that the giant cards are these. Um, you know, m- monsters and uh, jungle settings and, and fiery and the, you know, the uh, Grixis cards are in this zombie wasteland. And it was just, you know, it was really stark. And, you know, I think they did a great job. I, you know, I loved Esper, like the look that they gave all that stuff with the, yeah. uh, what do you call the? The ethereum. Ethereum, yes. The ethereum and all of the like weird filigree stuff and the, the lands with those uh, bizarre grid in the sky and yeah uh, yeah and i you know and i think i'm trying to think of if i didn't like any of the shards uh naya jund grixis Mant. yeah this yeah i think they I, I thought that that was a great block see i'm saying i like everything so i'm gonna sound <laughs> no it's, i mean it's cool i mean like you know a lot of these sets i mean like i you know i hated kamigawa block but i think it looks awesome mm-hmm. i mean i think yeah you know, they tried to go for a top-down flavor design, and, like, that was a success. It just seems like they forgot about the game while they were right. making flavor. But, yeah, but in shards, it's, like, so tied. The The look is so dictated by the mechanics, you know, and, and when the shards are melting together in the in the later sets, they'll have, you know, some Naya monster that's wearing the sigils from Bant. And so there was a real heavy, a real heavy art direction hand. But, you know, it made this, you know, it made, it made the art really tell the story and tie to the mechanics well. Yeah, I was super happy with that set, and especially Esper. Esper is, like, one of the coolest designs that they, like, Esper yeah. is perfect. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, and they took a risk with it. And, you know, I, that's the stuff that I love when they just choose to, to go somewhere kind of wacky. And it gave us uh, something to call call our decks. You know, between, <laughs> Ra- between Ravnica and Shards Block, you can now... Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I guess except for the uh, what is it called? The wedges. People call the wedges the enemy. Yeah. Well, they'll they don't probably, have names yet. <laughs> I guess are the the commander decks going to be those colors? Is that yeah. not what they said? Yeah. yeah. Maybe they'll have some some new uh, jargon for us. All right, uh, Zendikar and Rise. Let's see, Zendikar, uh, Zendikar and Rise. I mean. I'm going to skip ahead to Rise because uh, <laughs> <Sure. laughs> that one was awesome. I mean, I thought the Eldrazi were, were awesome. I, you know, I think I got the same 
thrill that everybody got on that day when they previewed Kozilek and you went to that page that, uh, uh, Do you remember that? Yeah, but, and it jumped out. It, like, yeah, they had yeah. some flash animation of of him in the background and all the the rest of the page falling apart or something. Um, so yeah, I thought the Eldrazi design was great, and I love those clear card frames. And uh, let's see. And then yeah, I liked the. Um, God, I'm losing my my mind. What are the what are those floating? Uh, oh, the hedrons. The hedrons, yes. I love. I liked how I liked how they those looked, and they were consistent throughout. And um, yeah, I don't know. I can't remember anything else anymore. Yeah, the only thing, I, the only thing I was ever unclear about with the hedrons was at first it looked like they weren't folding, and then by the end they just looked like they were just turning into like floating. Yeah. Some of them looked like they had arms and legs. Some of them looked like they were like turning into cubes. Yeah, we should read the novel. Uh, yeah, we should we should have a book club. <laughs> yeah, to figure out what's going on. <laughs> it's one of those things too that's funny because like whenever you ask a question like that, the obvious five second solution is to check Wikipedia. Yeah. But I never do because no. it's just kind of more fun to to not know. And you'll find out some some sick thing about Karn you didn't want to know. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so speaking of Karn, this is being recorded the day that. Uh, those 23 Japanese cards got spoiled. What do you think about Karn, Karn Planeswalker? Um, I just, I kind of glanced at it, so I didn't, I don't know exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm down with the idea of it. What, what was the ultimate? It was something like, it, the other abilities exile stuff, and then the ultimate brings everything exiled into the game under your control, is that right? And you restart the game. What does that mean? And you restart the game, you, uh... I guess you just shuffle up and, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trusting this, uh... This spoiled nonsense yet. <laughs> I don't know. Which... It's, it's set, set aside all non-aura permanents exiled by Karn, then restart the game. After that, put into the battlefield under your control all cards set aside this way. Hmm. How is that restarting the game? I'm confused by this one. So I don't know. You, so you reset the life totals and... Yeah. Everything else up, I guess. But but Karn, does Karn stay on the battlefield? What does this mean? Uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure the uh, first seven pages of the uh, FAQ will be addressing <laughs> that card. That's always good. <laughs> so I love, when they, I love it when they put out a card and then they the FAQ has like a disproportionate amount of space devoted to it. Yeah, well, one of my favorite cards ever was Time Stop, just because of that. Yeah. <laughs> the card is just the card is just reminder text. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So, uh, to kind of to, to wrap it up, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but how do you feel about um, Mirrodin Besieged, uh, Scars, and New Phyrexia have kind of been one long story arc that's um, been the first time they've, we've kind of come back to an old block and they've used it as a setting to spin off a, a new set. How have you felt about all the flavor and the art of everything that's gone down this year? Um, it's been pretty strong, I think. I mean, I like all of the... I like weird monsters, so Phyrexians are are uh, cool with me. Uh, and they're they're reducing the percentage of Leonin slowly, so <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah, I, I like it. I... And I think that it's cool revisiting the the previous block. Although, I, like I said, I, I was not playing very much during the original Mirrodin, so like a lot of the um, the nostalgia factor is lost on me. Like I don't care what they do to Darksteel Colossus; it does not matter to me. Um, oh, you! <laughs> Rose, Rosewater has a single tear right now. <laughs> well, I mean, what are you gonna do? I just don't have the I don't have the memories. I mean, at least I'm not uh, ranting against the Blightsteel Colossus. I think that's cool. So, um, but. Yeah, I mean, I hope that they continue to uh, create new new planes too, though. You know, like I mm-hmm. hope it's not not. And I guess Innistrad is a new plane, isn't that right? Uh, yeah, that's the new the new set. And I don't know. I'm trying to. I'm, I was. I have some of those plane chase cards, and I, I can't remember if all of those were planes that we've already seen, or if there are some new ones in there. No, but, there was. I, I thought I thought Innistrad was, and I looked back, and it's um, not Innistrad. It's Immerstrom was the one that was in. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I hope I hope they do that block immediately after Innistrad. <laughs> <laughs> that would be sweet. Yeah, I, yeah. So you know, I like I like the idea of going back to a previous block. I just didn't have the nostalgia. Whereas, like, 
I did like Time Spiral because they had the, you know, Time Spiral was a big nostalgia block that either shifted old cards that I, that I liked playing with or had those, um, you know, those reprints with the old frames that were cool. So, so that definitely, that kind of, that trick can definitely work on me. It just didn't really do it in Mirrodin. Yeah. All right. Well, Josh, it was awesome to talk to you, but I yeah. sadly should wrap this up. It's already at an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so I was happy to talk to you. So how can people get a hold of you or follow you online? Okay, so my website is inkwellluder.com or inkwellluder.blogspot.com. Either works. And um, if you go there, there's links to, you know, Facebook and Twitter and my email address. So there are many ways to contact me. I read all the comments and emails and stuff. All right. And do you have anything... Uh, coming out soon that people should know about? Is there anything that you're you're working on? Nah, I'm done. <laughs> are, uh, you are you announcing your retirement on the show? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Peace out. Uh, I I don't eh, I don't have anything huge I can announce really. You know, I have a lot of like little things in the works and a lot of bigger things that I am trying to get done, but I don't want to talk about anything yet because it's you know, it's too soon. Okay. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> No scoop, no scoop, sorry. Oh, man, that's the only reason I had you on. I do update pretty much every week, though, so there's always something new, you know, to check out on my site. Oh, well, yeah, you guys should totally, if you, I mean, I assume if you're listening to this right now, it's because you know Inkwell and you like his stuff, but if you haven't, you should go there. There's a ton of stuff to dig through. Um, well, thanks a lot for being on, Josh. Thanks for having me, and uh, I'm also quite a big fan of your artwork, so it was good to finally talk. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. All right, guys. I will see you again next week.